Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and our speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. The music is different, but the words are the same as long ago when David sang, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom then 
Lord, our Heavenly Father. Take all fear from us. Give us trust in Thee. And bless this broadcast to every listener. In Jesus' name we pray. There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart of God.
One of the greatest of recent discoveries is that of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Already, much has been written on the subject. As a matter of fact, this subject on the Dead Sea Scrolls has found its way into the list of the ten bestsellers in many areas. H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, the Dead Sea Scrolls. The so-called Dead Sea Scrolls are of special interest to all believers in the Bible. The first of these scrolls was discovered in 1947 in a cave near the northwest corner of the Dead Sea. Since that date, many other discoveries have been made of fragments of various sorts of books of the Old Testament as well as non-biblical writings. Why are these lately discovered scrolls so important to Bible believers? The answer is that they confirm the authenticity of the Bible writings which we already possess. Dr. Siegfried Horn, writing in the Review and Herald of Washington, D.C., December 29, 1955, says that they come from Bible times. The linen cloth, which had served as wrappings for the scrolls, was tested by the carbon-14 method at the Nuclear Institute of the University of Chicago, and the date obtained was A.D. 33, with a margin of error on either side up to 200 years. Other methods also have been used in dating these manuscripts, and most of the experts on these subjects say that they come to us from the time of Christ or a little before. Just think of it. We now have actual writings which were in existence in the time of Jesus and right in the land of Palestine. One complete roll or scroll of the book of Isaiah was discovered. And it's interesting that in all essential points it reads exactly like the book of Isaiah in our Bibles today. 
Do you remember what we read in the fourth chapter of Luke about Jesus visiting his hometown at Nazareth? On the Sabbath day, he went in the synagogue there and took part in the service, and they gave him the book, the Holy Scripture, and he read, where from, do you suppose? From the prophet Isaiah, from the 51st chapter, or the 61st chapter, rather, and he applied it to himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind. He closed the book and gave it again to the minister, and he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So Jesus called the book of Isaiah scripture and applied it to himself. Now the thing that's interesting is this, interesting to me, that in that very year in which Jesus did this, in another little town over near the edge of the Dead Sea, someone else probably in the same day was reading that same passage of Scripture because in the Jewish synagogues the same Scripture is read in every synagogue on the Sabbath day. And it may have been from this same roll or scroll which we have discovered or which men have discovered in our day. Think of it. The same book, the same time, the same message, and all pointing to Jesus. It's quite clear from the ruins they've discovered over there near this cave by the edge of the Dead Sea that uh, there were some people who lived there for quite a long time, probably over a hundred years. The place was finally destroyed by the Roman soldiers when they marched against Jerusalem about 30 years after Jesus had ascended to heaven. It is believed that these same people, whoever they were, hid their precious library of religious books in the caves where they have lately been found. Not in the form of books as we have them today, of course. They were written mostly on the skins of animals and some on just plain leather. And these pieces of leather were fastened together in long strips and then rolled into a scroll. As one would begin to read, he would unroll the scroll from one end and roll it up at the other end. These scrolls were wrapped in linen cloth and placed in earthenware jars which were securely sealed with some sort of wax or tar. They had earthenware lids, and these lids were sealed on in that way and placed in these caves. Of course, during hundreds of years, people have visited those caves hunting for gold and silver, and hundreds of these jars have been kicked around and broken, and the manuscripts just torn and scattered in the caves. So most of them have been lost. But it's believed that a very severe earthquake which occurred during the reign of King Herod sealed up this one cave so it was not discovered until 1947 when a sheep herder chasing a goat climbing up over these rocks found the tiny entrance to this cave that had been sealed by the earthquake. It is believed that part of every book of the Old Testament, with the exception of Esther possibly, has been found in that cave, parts of the books, with many other books, and they're still finding more. In fact, they've looked into over a hundred caves around there and found something in almost every one of them just little parts in many cases, but very interesting and very important because they sustain the authenticity of the text of the scriptures. Also, much information as to the meaning of words has been discovered so that our modern scholars can better give us the exact meaning of some of the scriptural words. Now remember this, friends, archaeology and scientific research do not demonstrate the existence of a personal God 
or nor do they demonstrate that the writings of Holy Scripture are divine revelation. We accept those truths on another basis. But the evidence discovered has revealed facts that cannot be disproved by mere human speculations. They have shown that the historical statements in the Holy Scriptures are reliable in every case where archaeology has made available material bearing on the same facts. Let's remember that. Now the archaeologists have found many other things in the last few years to sustain the Scriptures. Christianity is the holy secret of the ages, which human reason alone could never discover, but which is revealed by God himself through his prophets and through his Son, Jesus Christ. Christianity is really revealed in a person, Jesus, our Lord. The Holy Scriptures, being the revelation of God to man in written form, are therefore very important. We see God revealed in the universe about us, in the heavens above us. We see all that, and in our hearts within us. And now we have these revelations that have come to us from scientific research and archaeology that confirm the text of Scripture. In 1799, Napoleon Bonaparte invaded Egypt, just as Egypt's been invaded many other times. And the scientists with him discovered a big stone near the Nile River. It's called the Rosetta Stone, after the name of a little town nearby. It's about three and a half feet long and two feet wide, a little more than that, and a foot thick. It's covered with a writing, divided in three parts, three different kinds of writing. It looked like three different languages. In fact, it is three different languages. The lower portion was in Greek. The scholars could read that. And through that as a key, they were able to read the Egyptian hieroglyphic figures which no one else had ever been able to read before. A man named Champollion figured it all out. And through this stone, men have been able to read the inscriptions on the temples of Egypt and read many things mentioned in the Holy Scripture. Over in Persia, another great discovery was made in 1835 by Henry Rawlinson, a British Army officer stationed there. An inscription on a mountain 1,700 feet high, a great rock called the Behistun Rock. He climbed up there, and at the risk of his life, standing on a ledge only 14 inches wide, he was able to transcribe another inscription, this time in two languages, and one of them was the key to the ancient hieroglyphic language, or rather ancient cuneiform language of Babylonia. And so all the wonders of ancient Babylon and Assyria were made known to our modern world. In 1868, a missionary in what was formerly the land of Moab, mentioned in the Bible, close to the old river Arnon, where the Israelites fought with the great giant Og, the king of Bashan, discovered a stone about four feet high and 14 inches thick. And on this were letters written by the ancient king of Moab in which he actually mentions the Israelites and wars that he had with them and mentions a king of Israel called Omri. He mentions the tribe of Gad. He mentions the name of Israel and of the Jehovah, the God of Israel. A stone that was written way back in Bible times. In 1887, in a tiny village in Egypt called Tel El Amarna, an old lady dug up some little clay tablets not far from her house. She used to grind them up and use them for improving the soil of her vegetable garden. One day, someone saw her with a basket of these tablets and noticed they were covered with some kind of writing. 
bought a few of them from her for a few pennies, and they discovered that she had found the library or the filing system where letters were filed, written on clay tablets, of course, by the kings of Egypt. Now you have to pay $700 apiece for one of those clay tablets. They were letters written by men who actually lived in Palestine in the days of Joshua and the people of Israel. It gives you the story from the other side, not from the Bible side, but from the side of the folks that were being defeated by the Israelites. Just a treasure trove of information sustaining the scriptures. You can see those in the great uh, museums, especially the one in Cairo, Egypt. So these things have all upheld the scriptures. Not many years ago, the famous deluge tablets, made of clay and then baked, of course, containing the story of the flood were discovered in Babylonia. And the whole library of Ashurbanipal, one of the great kings of Assyria, in which many historical references were discovered. We've mentioned here only a few of these wonderful discoveries, of which the Dead Sea Scrolls are the latest and the most dramatic. Biblical archaeology is sustaining the Word of God today. How wonderful it is to be alive in these days when science is discovering and proclaiming the authenticity, the historical accuracy of Holy Scripture. Friends, let's take this great book of God. Let us open it and read it and, above all, believe it for ourselves and find there the gospel of salvation, the atoning sacrifice and free grace offered to us in Jesus Christ. Holy Scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We read in 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. Why not study the Bible as well as merely read it? The Voice of Prophecy offers a free Bible correspondence course to anyone who is interested in Bible study. Just write to us. We'll be happy to enroll you in this free Bible course. May God bless you, everyone, as you read and study His Holy Word.
February is the birth month of many great men, including George Washington. What if he could return to witness the tempo of our present-day life? In his day, news had a slow and laborious way of getting around. But today, news like this Voice of Prophecy message is heard by radio around the world within a few seconds. It's wonderful indeed to know that the greatest news story is that Jesus died, was raised, and is coming again. That story can be aired into all parts of the world in just a moment. The Voice of Prophecy is now being heard in Europe, Australia, the Far East, and South America. Yet there are places that we are not reaching which must still hear the gospel. Pray with us that God will open doors into these yet unopened areas. It's your gifts and prayers that make the Voice of Prophecy available to listening ears throughout the world. We want to make the year 1957 the greatest year yet in the size of our audience. We shall appreciate hearing from you. Your letters are eagerly looked for. Write to the Voice of Prophecy at Box 55, Los Angeles, California. That's the Voice of Prophecy, Box 55, Los Angeles, California. We'll be looking for a letter from you. Now, this is Orville Iverson, Associate Minister of the Voice of Prophecy, saying that until we meet again next week, let us unitedly keep looking up, ever going forward in faith. Have faith in God. His word prophetic as earth's time unrolls. Have faith in God. His word emphatic for all righteous goals. Have faith in God. His word authentic in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope our program today has served to give you spiritual strength for the coming week. And we invite you to join us again next week at this same time and invite your friends to listen in for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. And now, this emphasis on prayer. From time to time, we like to remind you, friends, that the Voice of Prophecy is really a worldwide prayer circle. And every Thursday morning at 8 o'clock here on the Pacific Coast, we meet together in our own studio praying for you, and we hope you'll be praying for us and for all those in need everywhere, for the peace of the world and for the peace of our souls. God bless you all. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.